0: Burlesque Stripped Down, episode number 33. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Velvet Eau Claire. As always, I am your guide. Through us, the stories, the secrets, the saucy, sexy, not so sexy sometimes, secrets of the ladies and gents behind the tassels. I have something very, very special for you today. We are live right now with Miss Leopard Lass today. And I am super excited. We had a little bit of a time difference and some confusing math things happening. Uh, You know, it was crazy. But I'm really excited to launch into this interview, which I just have no doubt is going to be amazing. First, a couple quick announcements. If you didn't check out, it was actually just yesterday that I actually published the episode. Um, it was my, my favorites from the month of June. So that's a new thing I'm doing every month. I'm just kind of going through a quick uh, hot tips episode on some of the, my favorite new discoveries that I have made throughout the previous month. So definitely head over to burleskstrippedown.com slash June favorites. And you can check out all of my favorite things from music to apps to a tiny little amazing huge getting bigger every day crush that I have on Mr. Adam Driver because he is something sexy. I don't know why. It's crazy. So anyway, so that's the major announcement. I, of course, had Professor Pinkerton's iloma on last week. So definitely check that out. But for now, let's stop thinking about the past. Let's stop thinking about the future. Let us focus on what is right here and now. Welcome, Leopard. How are you doing? I'm really great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Anytime. I'm so excited that we were able to work this out. As we were chatting a little bit before, I, I mentioned that it's, uh, it's the you know, it's July 3rd here. So it's, of course, right before the 4th of July holiday. So you may hear a couple pops and bangs and booms in the background that are fireworks. But perhaps they're just we, for you, right?
1: Yeah, they are. I'm pretty sure they were organized for me. Um, so thank you, Absolutely. America. Um, oh, I you really appreciate well. it. <laughs> oh, thank you so, so now, much. <laughs> so clearly you are not American. Where are you coming to us from today? Uh, so I'm at home in Adelaide, Australia, which is in the south south of Australia. Excellent. And do you spend all of your time there? Is that kind of where you're based? or? Uh, so that's where my house is. It's where my family is. So it is where I'm based. But I do travel all around Australia for shows and performing uh, when I'm not doing the international circuit. Fabulous.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and kind of jump right in. Um, I'd love to know what do you have going on right now that you are just the most excited and, and pumped up about?
1: I have a couple of things. My mo- my, the most imminent thing is that in um, you know, in less than a month, I'm heading up to the sort of northeast of Australia to the tropics and I'm going to be performing up there and bringing um, like an exclusive fire show to the Jungle Bar and some other cool stuff and workshops to the cabaret uh, show up there. So I'm really excited for that because it means I get to leave 11-degree weather, uh, which is I think about 40, 45 degrees for you guys. Mm-hmm. 45 Fahrenheit? Yeah, which is cold for me. I don't like it at all. Yeah, so I get to go up there and do that, and they're going to be tropical. So they're going to be in the sort of 30s, I reckon. So that's, you know, like 70, 80 degrees, which I'm much more comfortable with, let me tell you. And then looking a little bit tiny bit further um towards the end of the year I come back to the states for a six-week road sideshow tour which I'm really excited about so oh fun where will you be heading in the states do you know Uh, so with I mean it's being um produced and set up by my friends Sanjula Vamana and Titano um over there. So I'm kind of, my geography is awful. So I don't exactly know, (laughs) but I know I have to get to Chicago and then I know I have to get in a car and then we are going to drive down. And I know we are going to be in Florida and hopefully LA and things like that as well. So, and Texas, So there's a lot of driving okay. involved in this. Yeah, it's pretty much all the corners there. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So I know. So we're sort of going to be doing all that sort of craziness. Um, and so I'll be putting all that sort of stuff up on my websites and things like that as all of the tour dates and confirmations come through.
0: Yeah, that's really exciting. I'm going to keep an eye out for that, and, and you'll have to. We'll have to stay in touch as well yes. if you do come to Florida. I'd love to see you in person. <laughs>
1: yes, I would love that too. That's the great thing yeah. about Facebook. We meet so many people. Um, but the even better thing is meeting people in real life. I really enjoy that and sort of connecting with people Absolutely. that way.
0: Absolutely, I'm really excited. I think I'm going to be heading um, over to BurleyCon this year for the first oh. time, and I've done that. And I'm really, really excited to kind of you know get to meet all these people in person that I've been talking to and chatting with and interviewing and all of that. So
1: yeah, I have never been to BurleyCon, but it's, it's definitely on my list. I'm actually I'll be back in the states for that, and I'm hoping we can jag it so we don't. Work that weekend, so I can head Absolutely. out and just hang out with girls, because I feel oh, like a, great. you know, six weeks on the road with three guys and two pit bulls is potentially going to be one of my most interesting things to write about and talk about.
0: Indeed, you might need a little feminine energy kind of re- infused in you need after need
1: that. Some <laughs> feathers and glitter, yeah, I feel like I will. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. That's great. So tell us a little bit about, actually, first of all, just kind of tell us about yourself. I mean, we know you're in Australia. We know you do an a uh, touring circuit, but I mean, I, I loved what you had even just on your Instagram and I don't have it up in front of me, but just in your profile there, just kind of that down and dirty. Tell us about who you are, what you encompass, how you go about this thing that we call life.
1: Okay. So um, I'm pretty cruisy, although people who who are around me a lot probably think quite the opposite. I'm pretty much on the go 24-7 and especially doing the world circuit performing sort of thing. You're constantly in contact with people and being, you know, and, and contactable. So, you know, I'm constantly looking at time zones and things like that and chatting to friends and uh, in other countries, which is, is really awesome but can be quite isolating sometimes when you feel like your friends are nowhere near you. Um, having said that, I do have a great group of people um, and family and support here back home and, and in Australia. Um, but as a performer, I would I, I mean, I do say that I like to fuse sideshow and sex and um, sideshow being the sort of classic vaudeville, um, you know, freak show style of performance that you'd see in things like Coney Island and and then also obviously at Venice Beach um, as well. Um So my only formal training as a performer has been uh, at the Coney Island Sideshow School. Um, I did an intensive course there and learnt the basics and then I came home and I've started developing that and turning that into myself and and honing myself as a performer. Yeah, I think that's probably me in a nutshell. And and how long have you been performing? Um, So I technically bust out. Is that what you guys call it? Is that when Uh... you do your first performance? What do you guys call that?
0: I think some people do. I've definitely heard that before here in the States, but okay. we might call it just your debut, I guess. Yeah, okay.
1: So I guess I, I debuted in um, 2013, in March of 2013, um, and it was actually in a competition. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so that was quite intimidating. I had I had worked as a stage kitten the year previous, um, and I had been learning circus sort of in the year previous to that. So sort of 2011, 2012, I had been doing um, the aerial hoop or the lira. I'm not sure what you guys call it mm-hmm. over there. Yep. Um, but I'd been doing that and sort of just messing around and just doing it for fitness. And um, and actually in the lead up to my mum's 50th birthday, I was going to do an act on the lira. And on that same weekend, a friend, a um, who had come to a couple of the lyric classes, she was producing um, the Miss Burlesque South Australia um, final. And so she did a call out for a stage kitty and I said I could help. And I went and I just watched this amazing show and I thought, oh, man, I could do this. This is amazing. This is like – and I could do my circus stuff in it. And, and I, I've always – even before I had done the training with the sideshow school – I always had just really loved the circus and felt excited by it and the idea of travelling and doing what you love every day and setting up in a new town and meeting new people and showing people this just, just the whole lifestyle of just living on the road and just going and just setting up and showing people what you do and then moving on really appealed to me and I just, I, I find that so fascinating and I ultimately would love to buy a spiegel tent and to actually do that and set up these shows around the world with my friends and oh, and just, you know, amazing. basically just have a travelling carnival that was is basically like leopard lass and friends and you just rock up in town and you do like a weekend of shows and then you cruise on to the next one. Like that's my ultimate dream, I think. Um,
0: oh, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Some okay. friends of mine are actually we're kind of in the very beginning stages, but we're discussing because they all, you know, a couple of my friends fancy themselves a bit of pirates. Right. Yeah, so they want right. to kind of buy a boat. And we're talking about putting together some sort of cabaret show um, that's very similar. And I just yeah. I, it's it's a far dream in the future. But I love that idea, just like you were talking about, about just kind of showing up and doing some things, getting people excited and then yeah. moving on to the next one. You know, and that's
1: part of the romance with performance and cabaret and burlesque and all of these sorts of and sideshow is that you can't see it all the time you know yes, you absolutely. you have to search for it or, or you have to you know the circus was if the circus was there every night of the week you would get sick of the circus but you know a circus comes into town you see the tents going up the excitement builds you see whatever's going on and and you're just like oh my god it's coming you know like <laughs> That's the kind of stuff that I love about, you know, especially festivals and things like that. You know, with the burlesque festivals, you have the build-up to the festival, you have, you know, and, it, and people get excited by that sort of stuff and I think in those sorts of situations you have a chance to bring in an audience that wouldn't necessarily seek out burlesque or sideshow as a mm-hmm. style. Um, I'm very lucky that in Adelaide we have the Adelaide Fringe Festival which is a month-long arts festival um, and it's sort of, it's basically the the same style of thing. There's fringe festivals all around the world, but we're the second biggest, next to Edinburgh. Um, so we oh, have, wow. yeah, it's huge. And there's there's so many thousands of shows, and people come from around the world to be part of the shows. They come from around the world to be a part of Adelaide because it's just such a vibe and intense vibe. Um, you know, the street performers and things like that. So it's the same thing that we have. There's a couple of key sections in the city where they sort of, there's the Garden of Unearthly Delights and then alongside that there's gluttony and as soon as you, as an artist, I know, as soon as you start seeing the fences go up and you start seeing the big sign with all the lights and, you just like, and you're just mm. like, my people are coming, my people are coming, you know, like it's just. <laughs> you can feel it in the air. Yeah, okay. and it's just electric in the air and people you can just, you just out and people are, they're just up for seeing things. And, you know, they might buy a show, they might buy tickets to shows or they might just go sit in one of the gardens, you know, like the free gardens and just experience what it is. But nine times out of ten, those people wouldn't go and experience that situation or that environment um, anywhere else because it's, you know, that excitement is built and they're just, they hang out for it, you know.
0: That's fabulous! Yeah. Wow, I'm gonna have to add that to my list. I've still, I've never been to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival either, so yeah. that is w- definitely on my list. And then I'll have to add Adelaide on there as well. Yeah, well, you
1: can come visit me. Yeah, I have so a much little fun. artist retreat. I have like I converted my back garage into a little room down in the back garden. We call it now, um, and so I've had some performers from um, around the world come and stay in there while they've been here on their fringe tours. So you are more than welcome Fantastic. whenever you come. Well,
0: I appreciate that. I may take you
1: up on that. Yes. I still have
0: never been to Australia yet. i now that live,
1: so. so if anyone wants to hit me up, as long as you're not <laughs> a murderer, I will probably accept you with open arms.
0: Well, hopefully t- we don't have too many murderers listening to this show. I, I would hope, hope
1: not. Not. I'd hope they'd have better things to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, like
0: running from the police and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: you know, you know and disposing of things, you know. Yes, exactly.
0: Priorities. Right? Yeah.
1: So, right. would you consider yourself um,
0: a burlesque performer, or how do you kind of define yourself? Like, if, if somebody asks you what you do, if they don't know you and they ask you what they what you do, how would you kind of define yourself?
1: I run the words together very closely, and I say I'm a burlesque and sideshow performer. Um, okay. But I am. I'm a little. I'm a little anti-labels when it comes to uh, performance styles because I don't ever want exactly. to box myself in, or I don't want to ever alienate. Um, even just potential um, like audience members if they think that it's just burlesque or if they think that it's going to be just sideshow they might be less inclined Um, but I do generally you know I would say vaudeville I would say performer Um, yeah I kind of just leave that up in the air but I definitely my my standard reply to that is I'm a burlesque and sideshow performer Fantastic. Yeah.
0: So let's go back a little. I mean, you you were talking about, you know, kind of that that journey that you had. Was it I mean, you, you said you kitten for that show. Hmm. Um, was that kind of the moment you really knew or was it kind of a slower burn from there? Or did it really just click all into place all at once?
1: It kind of just dropped. It just dropped. I was uh-huh. just like, that's what I got to do. <laughs> um, but at that point, I had no skills. I mean, technically, probably still have no skills now. Um, but um, I, I didn't follow any formal training um, and I, I didn't go to a, a burlesque school or college and, and go, do any courses or anything like that. I just thought I'll I'll be able to muddle it out and, and come up with some ideas and things like that. And um, so basically nine months later... Um, the, the competition was put up and you had to, you know, basically tell them what you wanted to do. If you're an established performer, you had videos and things like that um, and photos to prove what you were going to do. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily enough I got accepted into that final um, based on my ideas and, and and costuming and stuff like that and then I was put in. And the way that this um, – competition runs is that basically there's up to ten so there's up to ten uh finalists and then they all run a classic piece which is you know like your sort of um classic golden era style burlesque um and then you do a neo piece as well and then if you're in the top if you're placed in the top five with judging you go on to perform a unique piece and that can be whatever you want it to be and it's basically to be uh, basically, to showcase what you do—that's special. And so my goal was like just get in the top five. If you can do your unique piece, then you have done, <laughs> you know. And I mean, thinking back on it, I think we had eight, eight that year. Um, uh-huh. And I remember just thinking like, if I just get into the top five, I'll be able to show my unique, and and I'll be really happy with that. And um, I placed in the top five. And so okay. I got to do my unique. So I did an aerial, um, aerial uh, hoop piece, um, with like an Alice in Wonderland style theme, but using quite dark, almost glitch hop sort of music. So and um, so it was it was quite dark and scary. It was basically Alice was turning into the Queen of Hearts at the end, mm. um, and then. I, I placed fourth in that competition, which I thought was just that blew me away. I, um Amazing. I kind of forgot after getting into the top five, that was my excitement done. So, to then to place fourth, that was lovely. Um, hey. But that then sort of pushed me and then I was like, right, so what am I going to do next? And um, and obviously, there was a few hundred people in that audience. So, then people saw me and I got booked for another show and then people saw me at that show and then it sort of snowballed from there. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I would have to say that my my biggest then push was in 2014. I was brought in as a local performer for a show that came from the UK. Um, and so I met um, some beautiful performers, um, Silk Desire from Rome, Raven Noir from the UK and Doll I Am as well, um, and, and met these girls and I just thought, I was the shittest performer in the world. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever had this feeling as a performer where you walk into a room and you just feel like you've got the dullest crystals in the world. I don't know if you've Mm. ever had that. But I I, honestly, I walked in that first night and I was so overwhelmed. Like Raven Noir, I don't know if you're familiar with her. Her costuming, her feathers are insane. She's got headdresses and then feathers off capes and i just remember and then silk desire is this beautiful little ballet pretzel she calls herself the italian pretzel she does like <laughs> contortion and things like that and i'm and her co- costume was sparkling she's this powder puff routine and she's flipping cute and i was like fuck me i'm just going to do hula hooping and smoke a cigar like how am i going to do something cool and but i remember the first night i was just so nervous and I felt like I did an awful job. I got great feedback but I, I felt like I was not to my best. And then I remember just thinking and I had a 30-day run doing shows for these girls. We were doing a show a night for 30 days. Wow. And I remember just thinking like, oh, mate, you fucked yourself this time, didn't you? Like you've just <laughs> you've thrown yourself in the deep end and you can't even swim. You're an idiot. And um and I just remember like think, I was talking to my mum the next day. My mum and I are very close. She was a ballet dancer up until she was 34 I think. So, wow. um, you know, her and I, all of my choreography gets passed by her before it even gets onto a stage. Um, That's
0: great.
1: Uh, just because I really value her opinion and her opinion is dance-based, not burlesque-based, which means, you know, it's it's. even though I'm not a technically trained dancer even, I feel like it is not just um it's not just taking my clothes off for the sake of being burlesque, if that makes sense. It's about mm-hmm. telling a story and making sure that that story makes sense. And, and the bonus is that my clothes come off sometimes right, as, right. you know, but it, that's not the point of the act. Um, so I, just, I was just like, mum, you, like you have no idea. I, I don't know. I, I just can't. And she was just like, your acts are good, but you can be better with this experience. And I was just like, okay. And I remember and I remember just sitting even in the dressing room and listening to the girls and watching the girls and seeing what they were doing. It was my first real experience with like a big thing where you're part of a group, even though we weren't a troop as such, we were a group and we were doing a group performance. And I remember just thinking, like, all right, like what can I learn from this? And I the friendships I have are still cherished to this day. Um, but that just the feeling of watching and seeing how these these women who've been doing it before me and, and and just watching what they were doing, I was just like, okay, what can I do? And so it was just basically like, like how do I cement myself as a performer? How do I um how do I grow myself and make sure that I'm representing myself as as Leopard Lass all the mm-hmm. time. And that was so important to me. And and the polish that you get from doing your act <laughs> like literally mm-hmm. every day for 30 days in a row was mm-hmm. insane like I learned you know you learn where your um, what your audience like like what you think the audience is going to like is not necessarily what they react to it was that was so valuable to then be able to sort of work on that and then and, and get comfortable with an audience actually looking at you we were in quite a small venue um, which For my style of performance now, I really crave a a close audience, a lot of especially using sideshow unless you're using fire which is visually um, uh, quite striking and can be seen from afar. But things like glass eating, for example, or blockhead, they need Mm -hmm. to be, you need to be literally on an audience member's lap. Um, Yeah, you know, to, to get that sound, you know, like I sat on a guy's lap and sat there crunching glass in his ear, um, cuddling up to him uh, recently. Oh, wow. And he was just like, oh, my God, like he couldn't take his eyes off me and it wasn't because I was just in pasties and a panel skirt. It was because he, I, I'm literally feeding myself and then trying to feed him some glass at the same time, you know. So it's just a completely wow. different um. Uh, a completely different vibe but having that close contact with your audience at that point in my development as a as a character or a performer um, I felt really showed me that you you can't be lazy with your movement and your intention either you know when they're that close you can't get away with um, a sloppy something or or not putting your full energy into it because it can really be felt um, and yeah. we didn't, and we didn't have, um, we didn't have any lighting or um, anything like that. We just had our sound, like it was a bare stage, um, and so there was nothing to prop us up, as you know. Which is, um, it's fabulous if you can be in a production that has those big sort of big scale productions. Like that's what everyone dreams for. Um, sure. But at the same time, the the bare the bare bones of it is if you have a good act and a, and a good act on on a bare stage then you know just imagine what you can do with better production and things like that but I think you should always never rely on the production um, mm. and all of that sort of stuff I think that can be a bonus but you need mm. to have strong stuff going on at first. so that's what really pushed me in 2014.
0: Wow There are so many things I love about that story you just told, (laughs) like so many. Um, I I love that you're so that, you know, you can tell us a story and be so open and honest about what I like to call um, and I have called we've actually done an episode on this podcast before about the imposter syndrome. (sighs) Yeah, you know. It's something. I mean, I think it's so important that the conversation is started about this kind of thing because I think every single fucking one of us feels it. You know, at some point or another, everybody goes through that. You know, I'm sure even Dita Von Teese has her moments, or at least she had her moments. But well, and, I mean, like,
1: and we have to we have to realize and pay credit and 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 where it's due is like everyone's had that. Everyone started. No one started with thousand dollar costumes or you know multi yeah, hundreds of thousand dollar productions and no one started that way i don't and i mean i don't think anyone Absolutely. has they're an anomaly if they did but exactly and i mean like more power to you if that's what you had and that's what you got and that's where you started then that's amazing but and my, I think that
0: comes with its own struggles, you know, I mean, in different ways, there are probably some struggles in that as well. But oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, there's struggles producing. art. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you've got a $10 budget or a $10,000 budget. As artists, we all have that fear that we're putting something of ourselves on a stage mm-hmm. and whether we like it or not, we are being judged on it. And, and vulnerability, there's, yeah. there's such a fear with that. I was just discussing this um, with my boyfriend actually who's an artist and I was just saying like I don't think there's ever a show and it doesn't matter what act I'm doing where I'm not nervous about going on there and it's not because I don't know what I'm doing or whatever but it's just what if someone doesn't like it or what mm-hmm. if someone doesn't like me because mm-hmm. they don't like what I'm doing and then it's just like well you have no control over that. It's one of those things that you just, you're constantly putting yourself out there as an artist and, and you, you, you want people to like you, not necessarily for ego and things like that, but you're putting your art yeah. out there. You're putting your heart Absolutely. on the stage and, and that's, you know, whether it looks like it or not, you've put thought and effort into it and, you know, it, it's just one of those constant um, artistic struggles I think that we all go through.
0: So let me ask you, when you kind of have those moments of, you know, self-doubt or self just just, you know, worried about what people think or whatever it may be. Do you have kind of any strategies that kind of help you move on through that? Or how how do you stay how do you stay kind to yourself? How do you kind of, you know, keep yourself from kind of falling in or wallowing into that?
1: I think that's a really good question. (laughs) Um, And I I mean, we're all susceptible to moments of feeling. Mm -hmm down on ourselves and doubting ourselves and especially I mean I'm I've done a fair bit of travel in the US and 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 the UK as well so I know people that are full-time performers but in mm-hmm. in um Adelaide especially um there are no full-time burlesque performers we don't have any you know its regular burlesque clubs and, and we've got a few monthly shows but we don't have anything that's weekly or anything like that so um it, you're not dealing with those issues as often as not and so you're not constantly Mm. being – you're not being constantly validated by the fact that you have shows, if that makes sense. You know, like if you have a weekly show, then you are constantly – as well as putting yourself out there you're constantly being validated by the fact that you're being booked or that you are performing and you are on a stage and people are clapping at the end of it and you know mm. and you're meeting the audience so i think it's sometimes to use an australian uh, expression it's a long time between drinks sometimes you know when
0: mm-hmm. you
1: it might be 2 months before you have an uh, before you have a gig if you're not leaving adelaide to say go to melbourne or sydney to pick up a show which is melbourne our closest major city is a nine hour drive away I'm going to put that into context so it's not like it's not like you know LA to San Diego or you know right you we're not talking about just like tripping out of town for a night we're we're talking about a a two-day trip if you're going Mm -hmm. in car so the reality of our performance style is very different over here in Australia um Mm -hmm. uh, so I think we have a very good community um and and you've probably got similar sort of pages on Facebook and and social media and stuff like that where you can just you feel like you're messaging a friend and they're all industry um professionals you know industry like other burlesque performers and costume makers, and you know if you're feeling like that we we tend to reach out to people in that mm-hmm. community. There's like brother big sister groups and things like that mm-hmm. in the UK and things. Um, as for myself, um, I am really lucky that I have my. Mother is, and I are very, very close. We're best friends. Um, so when I'm feeling like sort of down, um, and, and second guessing, we, we sort of like workshop it, I guess, and sort of like break it down into like, why am I dissatisfied with that or what I need to do with that and, and, you know, where I'm going next. And a lot of the times when I'm feeling the most down is when there's no, like, it seems like a long way away that the shows are are far away, you know, like there's, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I think it's got something to do with that validation of, you know, like when you have a show coming, you've got something to work for, you've got that sort of, and it's artistic and it's creation and it's drive. And that's what you're looking at. But when you're looking at your calendar and there's nothing there, that's when you Mm -hmm. are going like, Oh God, am I not good enough? And then you just, you know, the reality is make yourself a cup of tea, have a hot bath and just, be, I think be really grateful for what you do have and and, mm-hmm. and I try and remind myself that I've had some amazing experiences and I've, you know, travelled the world doing this and so what if I have an empty month for a cal- you know, calendar month, um, you know, look at the end of the year, you're going to have six weeks on the road or, you know, you were in Edinburgh last year and, and blah, blah, blah. So you kind of just have to take stock, I think, and really give yourself a pat on the back for what you have achieved. It's easy to look at what you haven't got. But when you start looking at what you have got, I think that's important for your for yourself. Some really great
0: advice. I love what you're saying about, you know, really just kind of analyzing what it is that's kind of dragging you down into that funk. You know, you said for mm-hmm. you oftentimes it's when that calendar's not full and you feel like, oh, it's a long way till my next show. And I can totally understand that. That I really loved when you were mentioning that because I'm going through a similar thing. I haven't actually performed in a little while. I've just moved back to Orlando from Paris. I haven't made my connections here, yada yada yada. Yeah. And so so I feel that. I, I know how that is. And, and you're absolutely right. That can really drag you down. Yeah. But whether it's that or something else, just really analyzing, you know, kind of what it is, breaking down these feelings and just doing some self-examination and then keeping that gratitude alive. I love I love that advice. I think it's really great. Thank you. So who inspires you in your life? I mean, I can imagine you've mentioned your mother a couple of times. I can imagine that was a huge inspiration growing up. Is, is that kind of what you would consider one of your big ones? Or do you have some other people that also inspire you?
1: Um, I would say um, in terms of inspiration, I was really lucky to grow up in quite an alternative. My mum had a cafe when I was quite young, when I was 13 in Port Adelaide, which was um, I don't know anywhere to liken it to in um, <laughs> in Orlando, but I could probably say like quite artistic, grungy, a real yeah. intense mix. Like I'm pro- what I'm imagining is potentially like Brooklyn, maybe or even okay. uh, you know in New York. You know, like when it was not pre-gentrification and things like that, pre, pre, <laughs> right. pre-hipster, pre let's say pre-hipster. There um, you go. <laughs> you know, even Venice Beach is still, I really love the feeling of being in Venice Beach. That's what it reminded me of. There was like, there's just like this creative vibe. There was people just talking on the street and there was a real mix of socioeconomic um, uh, groups as well, you know, mm-hmm. like it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I was, so I was about 12 or 13 when she bought that and and would basically spend one weekend a fortnight when I was with her on the weekend um, when I wasn't with my dad um, in the company and basically just wandering around the streets of Port Adelaide um, mm-hmm. and, and chatting with people and there was a market, a local market that was sort of like a, you know, a junk market sort of thing and, you know, hanging out with kids on the street and talking to adults and and in Mum's Cafe as well, you know, there was just, it was a real artistic sort of vibe and and those people were around me when I was forming my ideas of, I guess, my identity and what Mm. the universe should be like and I say should because obviously what I think should the, the universe is like is very different to what it actually is like Um but you know things talking about you know inclusion and rights and and arts and the importance of arts to a community not you know and and funding and you know like there was all these sorts of things going on as I was a young person so I was sort of like seeing this and I and these adults essentially were talking to me and including me in these conversations in an adult way so um you know, some things obviously went way over my head, as they do when you're 13, 14, 15, mm-hmm. but some things really stuck in and I'm really lucky in that way. That um, And then on the other side, my dad had quite a fair amount of money, so I went from living quite poorly and then swapping out and going on ski holidays with my father and his <laughs> um, new partner and their children and my brother. So it was just this crazy um, mixture of... Like realities a lot of the time, and and so I think what has really stuck with me as um, genuinely inspirational to me is passion. I find it, people's like if you're passionate about Ninja Turtles, you tell me about those Ninja Turtles. You know, like <laughs> if you know, and I just I get so excited when I I look at someone or I listen to someone, and I might not like what they're doing. You know, like I might think. That you know their style of art, I don't actually like it, and I potentially wouldn't want it on my wall. But I start talking to that person, and that person is telling me about why they do it like this, and this is how they came up with their technique or whatever. And all of a sudden, I have to have that piece, and I have, or I have to see that show. You know, like you're you're telling me your 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 idea and your creation, and then so that's really inspiring to me. I find people and their passions so inspiring and it, and it pushes me to look at what I find um, what I'm passionate about and what I want to do and then why the heck shouldn't I do it that person's there playing with ninja turtles for a living and you know I just want to <laughs> I want to play with fire and, and put nails into my nose okay do it. <laughs> what is there stopping you, you you know so that's I find passion so you know like I yeah I'm getting all like oh my hands I'm talking like a crazy person in my own lounge room um you know <laughs> But yeah, I just passion is for me. That is, if you have passion about something, then you do it. If you can do that thing every single day for the rest of your life, you are going to be so happy, and it doesn't make it. It doesn't matter if it makes you a dime, you know. In my yeah. opinion, if you can do what you love every single day, or if there's something that you love, that you you found something, then you do it because you'll never be Ooh. sad, and you'll never you'll never you know. There's there's something to be said for doing what you love. Yeah.
0: I tell you, I get, I get kind of chills just listening because I can just picture, you know, little, little uh, teenage or even preteen leopard lass, you know, kind of wandering around these, you know, kind of like you said, a kind of grungy maybe streets or yeah. you know, pre hipster era, you know, kind of things. And just like a sponge, just absorbing and taking it all in and seeing people that are passionate and just how, when you're at that stage with that, you know, uh, because you're so influenciable influenceable. I don't I don't know if that's the word, yeah. whatever. You know, you're so able to be influenced. We'll we'll say that. You know, that, that Yeah, that flows just, like English, yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's better. Um, just seeing all these people who have this kind of passion. Oh, I, I can just I I love hearing and I love that you've taken the time to really think about that and how that has influenced you mm-hmm. as as a as a person, as a character, as your profession. I just love that.
1: Yeah, it was very mm. so important for me so
0: interesting and I, and I and i do absolutely agree with you what you're saying about passion i mean for me one of my biggest you know values or one of the things i i um yeah i kind of value the most is connection i've defined it as connection but it really is seeing people's passion you know mm. it's connecting with people and seeing that passion in their eyes and you know we've talked about on this um podcast before i actually did an episode on passion versus purpose And there's nothing wrong with either one. And the way we kind of talked about it was that passion, you know, is just that that feeling of just love and it doesn't matter if it makes me a dime and it doesn't do, you know, and everything. And then it kind of gets even not necessarily better, but just, well, better for the wallet, you know, Yeah. <laughs> if you can also find a purpose and if you can combine a purpose in with that and that purpose being more of an exterior motivation, right? Like finding like what it, not exterior as in like materialism, but like what your art is doing for other people, not just yeah. what it does for you, but what it's kind of bringing out from others.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. definitely.
0: So that's been really, um, but I just, I love that you, that you see that in other people and, and you kind of look out so much for that, you know, the, the Ninja Turtles and all that. I love that. That's great. <laughs> so what do you find? I'd love to hear, since you do kind of, you know, these different, you know, kind of sideshow acts, how do you kind of develop your numbers or your acts or how, I mean, how does it work for you? Do you have a set standard or is a lot of it improvisation or how does it work for you?
1: I have found that if I think back onto my acts, that I have at the moment, usually it always starts with a piece of music or a sound that I hear or something like that and I get really, like, fired up about a song that I've heard or a sound or a, a series or sequence of music and mm-hmm. then it starts coming from there, an idea will spark from there. A lot of mm-hmm. the time, um, I like I said, I like to sort of fuse Um, the sideshow with the sex from the burlesque and things like that so I like doing you know like the sideshow sort of stuff and being quite out there and and in your face with those sorts of (laughs) things but I really love combining that with the classic stylings of of the burlesque and the classic sort of things. so you know I, I I wear a lot of corsetry for example and I I I cover them in crystals and and all of that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff so that you know I am like a little bower bird when it comes to shiny things (laughs) so I guess it just sort of it just sort of comes and a lot like the the act that I'm working on at the moment which probably I'll be taking around the states that's where it's going to start it's it's life there was just a song and I just I heard it and I heard what the song, the lyrics were saying. I'm obviously going to try and find a different edit to the song because I don't like using songs that I've just heard because I think the chances of hearing it again in someone else's act is probably more high than if I try and find something or mix it with something else and turn it hmm. into my own. Um, but basically, the intention behind it. the 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 lyrics and and the way that the song moves um really spoke to me at that point so i'm like yep okay i know what i have to do i've got to do this and i've got to strip this away and i have to do this and then and then there's going to be fire so um (laughs) you know that basically that's how it starts and then and then i move into costuming i don't really even look at choreography I have a general idea of what I want to happen but I don't look at choreography until I've dealt with the costume because for me oh interesting the costume has to come first and I have an Mm -hmm. idea of how I want things to be visually perceived by an audience basically I then work on the choreography after I have the the costuming down so that might be back to front I don't know
0: No, I mean, I don't think it is. I think it probably, especially in something like burlesque, when so much of, you know, the choreography is based on what you're taking off when and how Mm. that works, you Mm. know? So I I don't think I, you know, I sound surprised, but I'm not really. I mean, that that does, you know, kind of make some sense logically. And so then as far as your choreography, is it all pretty, you know, is it pretty well choreographed or do you leave room for kind of some improvisation and and playing around? Or do you stay to a pretty strict kind of setup for your number?
1: I am... Mildly control freakish. Um, (laughs) So, most of my stuff is fairly well choreographed because I think musicality in an act is important. And I think that if you can punctuate a movement with a section of the music, it makes your potentially a movement or a, a gesture so much more powerful if it is at a certain point in the music so i am quite on top of my choreography having said that you always have to allow for the fact that you're going to have maybe going to have a con- costume malfunction or you know working with you know sometimes when i have my nails if i'm doing a blockhead um routine and one of the nails gets stuck in a bit of my costuming and i'm trying to get it out from like this hidden section of a glove and and i've missed a cue or something like that i mean you have to allow for that sort of stuff and, and you can't drop your bundle and then, and you know, I start the music over. I can't work <laughs> under these conditions. Like you can't do that. Um, the show must go on. The show right? must go yeah. on. So, you know, obviously you have to allow for that. Um, but I am, especially with an, an act that I'm bringing out for a new, you know, like I'm, I'm going to bring it out, it's very well choreographed at that point. But again, it's like I said um, when we talking about the Adelaide fringe and that 30-day show um, there was so much that I had choreographed that changed as I realized what the audience preferred and things like that so again there's a little mm-hmm. bit of flexibility in that when you debut an act you really can then look at it and go right what did what how to gauge from the audience and and feedback obviously comes in and a lot of the times my mum's in a show so I'll just basically then go oh they didn't really see that or that didn't go down as well as I thought it did, but this bit they thought was great. So, you know, mm-hmm. you just kind of then start picking up on those things. But you have to be really aware of your audience. You can't be internal when you're performing, I think, to pick up on those nuances from an audience. That's something I'm always watching and, and feeling out the audience while I'm performing. So
0: Ooh, I love that. I love that. So what is currently um at this moment in time, what's your biggest struggle as an artist?
1: For me, I feel, um, and this goes back to about, uh, I think it was a month, maybe a little bit over ago, a video of mine went viral on Facebook, mm-hmm. and it's at it's like six hundred and sixty thousand views or something like that. Ooh, nice. Um, and that brought to the forefront things that I had never even, like, I had considered them, but I did not consider them in these respects. You know, like. Uh, I, I just felt completely unprepared to be mm. actually noticed, you know, like and especially on such a global scale. Like there was people in, um, you know, it was getting hits in Japan. I was getting people comment to me in Spanish, um, you know, and I was just like this is all on Facebook. Um, I don't have a website. Like I was just constantly like what am I supposed to be doing with mm. all of this going on? Like I've got like... A, so many shares and so many thousand comments and la, 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 la. And I'm like, and I don't know what to do with it. I felt completely unprepared. And I think at the moment for me, that is my struggle. I just feel, I felt unprepared and I'm making some changes to be more prepared. But I Mm -hmm. think and, I mean, you probably, someone could have told me a year ago that I needed a website. And, I mean, people have said, you need a website. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I need, <laughs> sure. yeah, I need a website. Sure, I need a website. But at mm. the same time, I'm like, yeah, but Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter are working for me. So, you know, I, I, I just, but, yeah, I just felt completely yeah. unprepared. I had no way of harnessing that, you know, like, because, yeah, cool. So, what, like 600,000 people have seen my Facebook Fiery, twerky butt. And then, um, but w- that doesn't get you anything. You don't get a, a dollar or a cent for mm. every time that that happens. So you've got to then turn that into a currency that is, again, okay, so we go back to our purpose for ourselves. How do we, you know, so, and I just felt completely, I was overwhelmed. I was so anxious. I, it was literally mm-hmm. two weeks that my phone just melted in my handbag every single day. Um, oh my goodness. I was getting messages. I'm still getting messages. And I mean, I am so grateful for it. Please do not get me wrong. about sure. that. But it was just, I was so overwhelmed and just com- felt completely just caught unawares. And I mean, and maybe that's what happens when people go viral, you know, accidentally. There is just that <laughs> whole like, oh my God. And then it was just like that whole nervousness of these people like, I want to come to your show. I want to meet you. I want to, you know, and I was like, what if they think I'm crap? like they've, Aww,
0: they've that you know, imposter like, syndrome again yeah you, so you just go like there's yeah. all that
1: doubt that happens um you know and i mean i am very thankful that that i had such beautiful responses very early on the um i got some negativity in as it got past 200,000 views that's when the nasty pasties came out of the woodwork those trolls they're always around oh my god people have nothing better to do what's wrong with them and I was just like why would you even write that on there like it would have taken you longer to write that than it did to scroll past like I don't (laughs) even understand um you know but I was very lucky I had some really beautiful people reach out and um privately most of them were via inbox um onto my leopard last page and and they were just like you know so, so inspiring to see people doing what they they love and 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 something that they're passionate about which um i'm so glad that that came across in like a 26 second clip um yes. <laughs> but yeah that's probably my biggest struggle at the moment is being prepared i think
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially as well i mean travel a lot for mm-hmm. performing so um Yeah, just constantly feeling that need of needing to be prepared.
0: Well, that's hard. I mean, you know, people who listen to the show know that I'm a big advocate of kind of like the business side of the burlesque too, you know, and like making sure like you have, like whether it is a website or really good like Facebook page that you, you know, the problem with those external, I don't want to get into too big a tirade here because I could go on and on, but the problem with these, you know, things like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram is that you don't own your list. So at any point, Facebook could make a change and you could lose all of your fans, right?
1: Uh, My friend in Texas, and he was just like, and because I said do I need a website like I was kind of rolling my eyes and and he was sitting yep. on my couch and he's like yeah you do yep. you need yep. absolutely need." It. he goes Facebook will be non-existent in a certain amount of time he didn't have exactly. a time frame obviously but he's like that will disappear it will become no exactly. longer cool it will be you know you need a website you need a way for people and I was just like and then literally as this clip started going viral. I was like, I should have listened to him. Yeah. I should have listened <laughs> to him. My man, he was trying to help me and I didn't
0: listen. So for everybody listening, take a clue from Leopard Lass here, right? Please <laughs> oh, get a, you website. Don't have a website. Please get get one. Get a And I'm happy to help. I I put this call out there before. I'm happy to help anybody kind of put together their website. Um, You can just email me, velvet at burlescesterbound.com. And I'm happy to help out because it's just so important. Um, Really, I mean, you mentioned currency and those views don't count for anything. And the only currency we can kind of get from those kind of things is starting an email list, basically, because that's at this point, that's the only way to guarantee or at least for the like for the most part guarantee that your message is going to be seen because yes. Facebook changes their algorithms all the time. Now Instagram is doing it a little bit as well. I'm not sure what the future is going to hold there. So you can't even guarantee that even, you know, 50% of your Facebook followers are even going to see what you post. No. So and the only way to do it yeah. is to have those email addresses or something like that. That's kind of your direct link. It's so important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then I found, then I was like, okay, well I've got all this activity happening on my page, so I'm going to set up um, – you know, like a, I set up a, you know, a, an email list basically and it was like subscribe to this, you know, like so you can get them into one place. But, of course, on Facebook that doesn't work if you use your phone. The tab doesn't work.
0: Oh, right. So, only,
1: so I was then like, okay, I've done this thing so it's going to help me harness some of this stuff. I'm actually going to act on it and I'm going to do the right thing. And then like... No one in the universe uses an actual computer, you know. (laughs) And so, again, I was like, oh, fuck me. Are you kidding? Like I've tried to do this thing that everyone's telling me to do, uh, and yeah, it was just, it was just one of these things. It was just trial by fire, really. Mm. I mean,
0: well, and that's one of the biggest struggles. I mean, for a lot of people as artists, I mean, me, I have some geeky love for like kind of the tech and business side of it. It's just this weird thing that I have, but yeah. for, you know, for so many artists, I know it's like man, I don't want to spend time on my computer figuring out these plugins or doing this or doing that. Like, I want to be creating. And yeah. granted, I mean, me as, as Velvet, of course, I want to be creating too. But I kind of like the other challenge as well. But I know a lot of artists don't. They just want to, like, focus more on the things they love, that passion that they have, yeah. instead of having to worry about all this other junk. Like, I don't, so it's,
1: it's hard I don't to find that I don't even know balance. how to use Dropbox really successfully. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like, the thought of having to set up a website... I am just, yeah. I'm very, very grateful. I have a really, really close dear friend and her husband actually um, does websites for a living. So he is going okay. to sit with me and help me. Um, oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. Because otherwise, like it literally, like the just, and tech, I'm just not great at it. It took me so long. I have a, this is another guilty secret. And Anya Anastasia, wherever you are, if you tune into this, she <laughs> she used to book me for shows and she used to live in Adelaide. She now lives in Melbourne. And she used to book me for shows and she would be like, oh, just send through um, your music and send through your tech. And I would always be the one saying like, oh, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I'm just, oh, my boy, I'm away from the computer. I'll do it tomorrow. And then I would be that one. I I am that one and I am so sorry and I apologized to her in person when I saw her last. And I was like, I was the one that would show up with my phone at the gig and just say, oh, wow. I forgot to send it. Can I just plug it in? And she would always <laughs> oh, no. say yes. She would always say yes. And I would always I'm turn sure it on flight it. mode and I would, you know, do everything I could. But I was just like, and then I had to admit to her, I said, I had no idea how. I had no I didn't know how. And then when she would say, oh, just invoice me, babe. Just send me an invoice. I'm like. Fuck, you meant to send a fucking invoice? Like, can't you just pay me money here? Like, just give me the cash. <laughs> you know? Right, right. And I well, that's the like, thing. There's so yeah. many other
0: aspects. And if it's not kind of your cup of tea and there, there's things, I mean, you may not even know about. And you may not care to know about either. And I think that's where, you know, there's, there's kind of that missing link for some artists, you know, yeah. is like finding that, like, somebody to either help out with that or some easy way to figure out how to do those kind of things. Yeah, so. and
1: so I really, anytime I see someone doing those... Um, like workshops because obviously I follow globally what people are doing and I get posted into things and whenever they do like those business style workshops, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. do it, do it because if you don't know how to attach a file to a stupid email, <laughs> yeah. you're going to be the one rocking up with your iPhone to a gig. Um Right. And, and and your producer is not going to like you very much.
0: Indeed. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I will say, I mean, as a little teaser, I haven't gotten it quite, them quite going yet, but I am working on some kind of more virtual based instead of in-person based um, kind of some trainings on these kind of things. So definitely, you know, for you and for everybody listening, kind of keep an eye out for those in the future because I, I would love it. to help other people out. Because <laughs> like I said, I have this geeky love for like not necessarily tech. It's not like I'm a, like a programmer or anything like that, but I love tools. I mean, people who listen um, have been following me probably know that because I've talked a lot about them like about like different apps and like things that can just help make life easier you know because there's so much that tech can help with if you can get past kind of that like it's harder to set up sometimes but then it can make everything run smoother well yeah i
1: mean we can say we touched on this before we went um live with the interview but i ignored i ignored your first couple of requests (laughs) for the thing because you were like we do it by skype and i'm like i don't know how to do skype i don't know what that is what is skype (laughs) spell it i don't even know what Skype (laughs) is so i i if you're listening it's because i managed to download Skype onto my new Samsung and here we are beautiful people like how exciting is this i am excited about this because it's it's a hurt i've never done this before so So um
0: great i love it we're starting new you know we're moving like moving you up with the tech stuff learning new things ticking boxes 2016. Indeed. Indeed. And you can tick the box of fireworks for you in the background because those are still going on. (laughs) Woohoo!
1: So exciting. I wish I could see them. I I really love fireworks.
0: And it's funny because I tried to sneak out because, I, you know, I don't know. I thought it was just the 4th of July, but they started like two nights ago. People started doing this around. And I can see some of them just over the trees in my backyard, but yeah. um, just a little bit. And, okay, the craziest thing happened. I have to go on a little tangent here. So mm-hmm. last night in the middle of the night, I started hearing this meowing. And, of course, I start cursing it from outside because I'm like, oh, damn feral cats, you know, yeah. stray cats, like whatever. Um, And so I can't really sleep very well, whatever. And then around 10 o'clock this morning, it started up again. And I was I was so confused. I didn't know what was going on. So I start going outside and I'm looking around and I'm like, it sounds like it's somebody's hurt. Anyway, long story short, I find this tiny little kitten. We think it is about seven weeks old and it's stuck between I have these like concrete or like cinder block steps and like my screen porch and it it was like stuck. Well, I don't know if it was actually physically stuck, but it yeah, was but back there and wouldn't come out. Had to stuck
1: in crazy spots.
0: I know. I think it was just scared. And I and I, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, maybe it was the fireworks last night freaked it <gasps> oh, out. Of
1: course, and it went in
0: there. And so eventually we had to like break the screen door, but we got it out and we took um, we took her as we found it's a girl. We took her into the vet and I can't have pets where I'm staying, but my mom's going to keep her. So now Aww. my mom has a new little kitty and How she is exciting. adorable. She's absolutely, and she looks like a bat. There was a moment too where I was looking in at her because I could only kind of barely see. And she looked so much like a bat that I had to like literally remind myself, okay, bats don't meow. It's, it's not a bat. Oh, okay. See, I wouldn't meow. have gone that
1: logically yet. I would have been like, it's a bat, it's a bat, it's a bat. It's a bat. It's a bat! I'm gonna be eating my bat! Oh my god! Have I had my tetanus? Ah oh, ah oh, ah! Oh. Yeah, no, I would totally have thought it was a bat for a long
0: time. I kind of recoiled a little bit because she looked like she was about to like fly up at me or something, but because she has just that bat face, cat, those Bat ears cat. And, uh,
1: what you gonna do when it comes for you? Yeah, bat cat. Uh. Bat cat. Yeah.
0: Yes. So anyway, that's what I'm thinking about with the fireworks now. I'm like, I better not get any more animals that are <laughs> no more animals. bat cats. No more. No more. Anyway, all right. Well, let's start to kind of move on. We're going to move on to the next uh, few sections. But before mm-hmm. we do, I would love to know what is something – one thing that you always have in your burlesque backstage kit or your performance kit when you do a show?
1: Um, scissors. Scissors. Yeah.
0: That's a very, very good answer.
1: <laughs> I have now, like, come up with a little box. I got this tin that had the most gorgeous French salted caramel cookies in them, and I ate all the cookies – but of it is perfect. It's like a glorious purple with lovely like stuff. So that now has like my fire assholes because I have them always on me because it's amazing how many times people go, "Oh no, we can't do fire," and then they 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 sneakily get me to do fire because <laughs> no one at the venue is actually confirmed where the fire is a definite no. So we kind of always are on the side of like, "Well, we really want you to do the fire." So I always right. carry those. I always have a standard set of um. Of course, Glorious Pacey's, um, her tassels um, as well. And then I have some sewing stuff. Um, I can't sew but sometimes like things come undone and you always look really prepared if someone else needs something sewing and you say, I have needles, I have thread. Even if yes. you don't know what to do with them, you look like a very good person. Um, yes. yes. I'm so, exactly the same. I have I'm, no idea how to sew anything. I'm but... always a fan of presenting myself like I've got my shit together, <laughs> even if I don't. And then, so there's scissors in that kit as well. And then there is my um, carpet tape, which I use to put my assholes and tassels on. That sounds painful. Is it not painful, the carpet tape? No? Mm, it's not bad? Mm, no. No. I mean okay. I basically only do athling. I do some tasseling, but I very okay. rarely do. So okay. it's never in my very, very sensitive regions. Um but I just it just sticks so well that I just yeah. there's no reason for me not to use it. Like the slight discomfort of taking it off does not cover the discomfort of a tassel flying off and your nipple being out there. Truth. Yeah, you know, yeah. Exactly. You got to write these things out. (laughs) I just figure, like, if it's going to stick it on, and I've got this, like, Carmen Miranda, um, tutti frutti act that I do, and, um, the, the pasties that I have is actually this giant contraption that my mum and I made because I was like I want it to look like this and then I want it to have like it basically is two bra cups that have all been decorated with fruit and fe- feathers and birds and then it's got like this satin shawl so it's all connected. It's so heavy and no other tape or no amount of glue was sticking it to me. Um, So I, I basically have dedicated my life to carpet tape. <laughs> there
0: you go. It is your thing, huh, yeah. carpet tape. Good yeah. to know. All right, so our next little section is called Pick Your Poison. So we've talked a lot today about, Ken, you know, your journey and your performance and this and that. We've also talked about cats and fireworks, but, you know, that's aside. Legitimate points to bring up during this interview. I, I agree. I think, you know, pr- importance, important things. <laughs> so these are just – I have actually 10 different questions, but I only need you to pick one of them. It's going to be a number 1 through 10, and these are just more kind of random questions just to get to know you as a person a little mm-hmm. bit better. So any number you like, numbers 1 through 10. I'm going to pick number 7. Number seven. All right. I would love to know what is your go-to karaoke song?
1: Oh, my God. That's the... Okay, I've never done karaoke in my life. What? How can you have never? I literally just, like, slapped my armrest. Like, I was, like, outraged. <laughs> I heard that. that, and I was like, wow, <laughs> did, a, did a pig just fall over? Is there another castle? <laughs> um, I am I outraged. Have How it? can you have never done karaoke? Uh, it's, if I just said it's just really not my thing, uh, that's Fair probably enough. the closest the, the closest I could get. And I um, another thing that nobody really knows about me is that I can actually sing. I don't sing very much now, um, only to myself in the bathroom, and sometimes to <laughs> my children in the car. Um, but uh, I I used to do choir and stuff like that as a kid. Um, I just don't do karaoke. I've never understood it. I've never understood why people like going to karaoke bars. Um,
0: I think the alcohol might have something to do with it. Yeah, often. hey,
1: look, I will <laughs> sit there and drink gin while you sing your little heart out. You pick your favourite you song come. and I will drink gin. Um, I <laughs> went into a tiki bar in LA um, back while I was there in April and we mm-hmm. went in there and I was like, yeah, this is so cool. Nick minute. There was karaoke going on and I oh. literally slammed my cocktail, like my tiki mug. I, mean, I was like, the fuck is fucking... <laughs> karaoke doing <laughs> in a tiki bar this is not legitimate I am sure this did not happen in Santa Traders oh my god what is going on and I was just like I just sat there and like luckily my friends and my boyfriend was there and like they get into it and they got up and sang and it was fine and I don't mind it but I was just like really you can in, you can invade my tiki haven
0: they put karaoke everywhere these days yeah. you know you can get at any well, any I bar I spend these a lot of time days. in my own
1: room yeah <laughs> Yeah,
0: I mean, I enjoy it sometimes. I have to be in the right mood. I very rarely sing, but uh, if I do, it's usually something by Prince. That's usually. Oh, that's a good
1: choice. Yeah, yeah, I would listen (laughs) to you do anything by Prince. Yeah, yeah, that's a good choice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, the
0: next little section is called This or That, and it's basically just kind of our quick fire round. You yep. get two choices, and you get to pick the one that appeals to you the most for whatever reason. <laughs> there's no right or wrong. There's no interpretation. You can interpret these any way you like, okay. and we just want to kind of get that quick fire, you know, what's your first choice. Does that okay. sound good? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. It's <clears throat> like a
1: pop quiz. I know, it's kind of fun. Oh, my
0: God. (laughs) 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 No wrong answers. It's okay. 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 Starbucks (laughs) or Dunkin' Donuts? Starbucks. City or country? City. Movies or TV shows? TV shows. Dita Von Tees or Dirty Martini?
1: Ooh. I know. Uh, Dirty Martini. How about a Dirty Martini or a pint of beer? Uh... A pint of beer drunk by Dirty Martini, which I actually had the other night. <laughs> I, <All right>. think- <laughs> I like how you got a wrong
0: one. All yeah, right, no, it right. actually
1: happened. I got to finish her uh, beer um, after a oh, show. This. So I'm going to pick both.
0: <laughs> Dang, that is a way to do it. I love it. I love it. How about day or night? Night. Harry Potter or Star Wars? Harry Potter. Top or bottom? Bottom. Any interpretation, (laughs) any interpretation. (laughs) Yeah. Mountains or ocean? Ocean. How about classic or
1: neo-burlesque? Oh, I'm... All right, I'm going to say neo. How about peanut butter or jelly? Peanut butter.
0: Comedy or tragedy?
1: Mm -hmm. Comedy? Although most of the comedies they do now are quite tragic, let's be fair. Um, Indeed, uh, yeah, no, I'm going to stick with comedy. I like laughing. How about Marvel or DC? Oh, fuck, that's a comic book question. Shit. Um, yes. I know they are comic books. I couldn't tell you which one does which thing. Marvel
0: um, is so Marvel
1: is better. Marvel is it? is, is better. Marvel better? Yeah. Well, they're the
0: ones. That's the one with the Avengers and the X-Men and all of that. Oh,
1: okay, yeah, yeah, I See- like them. So, so which one? DC does what?
0: DC has Superman and Batman, who are cool. those two are cool, I and are like Catwoman cool. and the Flash oh, and Green Catwoman. Lantern.
1: Oh god! Oh, now you threw it's Catwoman true. into the mix. Oh shit! Mm, um, oh, okay, out, huh? you did really mess that up for me. Uh, I appreciate your help, though. Um, I really do. <laughs> You're uh, right, I, I'm, I'm gonna go with the subliminal Marvel is better, and and say Marvel. That's my girl.
0: There she is. <laughs> How about sleep or sex? Sex.
1: Although you can have sex while you're sleeping, girls are very lucky I in me- that way. You can kind of keep your eyes obvious. closed and just be like, yeah. "Okay, babes, yeah, do we want to do? Yeah, yeah, cool." And I'm dozing at the same time. I, you know, but by the end of it, at the by the end of it, you're well and truly into it. So you are That's no longer so- sleeping. But, you know, that's a good you can, point. A kind of you can laugh with at the beginning. And... You can just work Ooh, into it. I like it. it. Mm.
0: That's, I think that's my favorite answer to that question so far. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> How about heels or bare feet? I am barefoot. Barefoot. That's what I like. And lastly, and I always ask this because I am a Paris, that's where I got my start, was in Paris um, mm. doing burlesque. So how about Paris or Adelaide?
1: Oh, Paris. I have a very, very, very big love for Paris. I spent a month there. Um yeah. And yeah, every time I go back, I love it. Um, yeah, I love Paris.
0: Next time you're there, you definitely um, uh, send me an email because my troupe burlesque Moulin does. Uh, they just started doing a monthly brunch burlesque show, and they have special oh, guests. Ah, awesome! So next yeah, time right you're there, we would. I'm sure they would love to have you. And maybe I'm gonna. Ha- I'm trying to get back at least once yet this year. It's hard to make that trip too often, but I know,
1: right? Yeah.
0: yeah. so speaking of you know kind of how big the world is and everything uh the internet world is also very large how do you typically stay current on burlesque news
1: so this is where i drop the ball again is i kind of just pick and choose what i want to know about when i want to know about it as a individual performer i sort of just dip in and out i mean obviously i'm on facebook obviously i have a computer and things like that so i have twitter and la 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 um so i i mean i get uh, emails about burlesque things and 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 theater and stuff like that but a lot of what i i horribly a lot of my burlesque related news comes from facebook and the internet um i don't think that's it, horrible i think that's true for a lot of people these days i, I think it's the reality kind of the it's our reality mm-hmm. right now is yeah, it, it is I agree. the way that it comes at us and it's, it's the easiest way to access it and it's it's kind of cool that you can get a notification and then go back to it you know um, and access it when you want to because I am you know constantly on the go and I'm not constantly switched on to you know what's Mm -hmm. going on so I sort of dip in and out of the US market and then into the UK and then Australia so I feel like I just am constantly just checking on where everyone is and what everyone's doing which is fun it's Mm -hmm. lovely to see so many of my friends around the world following and doing what they love in any way shape or form you know Absolutely.
0: So when you're on Facebook and you're kind of trying to find out what's going on, do you typically just kind of go to stay with your friends, kind of your newsfeed and what pops up from people that you're actually friends with? Pretty or do much. you, you mention groups earlier? Do you follow any specific groups or anything like that?
1: Um, there's a few. There's the Aussie Burlesque Mafia, which is, um, and there's a straight Burlesque Australia, I think. So they're two that I'm sort of current with in Australia. I very rarely do Post anything or get involved, but I like to read what's going on. I'm I'm like a silent creeper. I kind of just <laughs> observe too, yes. what's going on, and then I uh-huh. take from it what I will. And I am very well well aware, especially when there's like a bit of a, you know. And there are always spats going on. You know, like people have differences of opinions, and and people have topics that they find important and then want to mm-hmm. talk about them. And I'm very well, well aware that there are always two sides of the story and then somewhere in the middle is the truth. So, Definitely. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I'll read what I read and then I'll read what someone else says and then mm-hmm. I'll kind of go, oh, yeah, I heard this and, you know, just sort of sit back and watch what happens and, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of how I gather what's going on. There's like, like everything. It's out mm-hmm. there. So you just got to sort of – and it's out there and then it's open for interpretation as well because – You know, just because you say something with 100% intention, it does not mean that the person that reads it understands the intention with which you said it.
0: Amen. Amen. (laughs) Especially. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard enough in person to, to, to get your point across exactly the way you want it to. And then add in the fact that we're typing or, you know, you can't, you can't convey tone. It's, it just, and, and then, and then on top of that, you can layer in like any cultural differences, even Mm -hmm. between those of us who are all technically Anglophones, but there's, you know, these different ways of phrasing things in different ways. I mean, it's, it just gets so complicated to really express. And that's why I've had to start like taking things when I, I hear things I've tried to, especially if I am ready to take them the wrong way, kind yep. of parroting back, like to see if like, so what I understand from this is blank. Is yep. that what you're trying to say? Not in a conf- confrontational way, but just like to clarify.
1: Yeah, exactly. And th- that's clarification is, yeah, and like you said, cultural differences and, mm-hmm. and some things, even in between Australia and America. So we're both speaking English but there are just different ways that we say things, um, yeah. different and, – and it is, like it's just sometimes you just go, how could that not have made sense to you? But it didn't make <laughs> sense or it didn't come across. Absolutely. And, you know, like so, yeah, you just kind of have to be willing to wear it and a lot of the times I, I don't put things in that situation, like especially online because mm-hmm. you, you can never properly – and you, like I said, you can never uh, – guarantee that 100% of the time people are going to uh convey your message in the way that you wish it to be.
0: Absolutely. It's it's one of those challenges and we all have to kind of remember that when we're reading things too is that people, you know, we have to you know be kind to ourselves, be kind to others and kind of yeah. remember that. Sometimes people, you know, and people especially on like these instant kind of Facebook commenting and things like that where it happens. You can type something out and be in anger or be in whatever whatever you're feeling and hit yep. enter and it's out there and and then you may not feel the same way once it calms down, so that's what I, something I've had to try to remember is that sometimes people answer me very quickly and they don't always answer me or answer whatever, yeah, and they don't I have to give them a little bit of kindness because you know it, they don't always express themselves the best way, just the way same way I don't always express myself the best
1: yeah, way. and yeah, that's global, <laughs> oh yeah,
0: that's for sure. <laughs> So I'd love to hear about two videos that we should check out. If you can kind of tell us about these videos, um, one that is of you, of you, if you have some of them up on YouTube or Vimeo or wherever, and yeah. one that you are watching right now that you just can't get enough of. I mean, I know you have at least one that went viral. Is that yeah. right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, well, that went viral on Facebook. So that's actually, if you go to my Leopard Lass, like Facebook forward slash Leopard lass page, you will see that that's up there. Uh, and you can jump in on that, and feel free to share that around and get me some more views. Because yeah, add to my absolutely. anxiety, why not? Um, Yay! <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> um, no, but that was that's probably. And the amazing thing is that clip was shot like almost a year after, over a year after I debuted that act, and I'd already toured that around oh. the US. But this was just a clip, and it went nuts. So my my entire act, I do have a YouTube um, profile. You can search Leopard Lass Flaming Assholes and you will find um, me there and that's um, I did a show over in America last year and that's probably one of my favourite tapings of it. It was a really great show Um, and the stage was awesome. Mm. Uh, So I I had enough space to do the floor twerking with it as well, which was almost, that's always bad. Very nice, yeah. Yeah. Um, A video that I can't stop watching. Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot because I am awful at this sort of thing. Oh, hang on. I posted it this morning. Hang on. Oh, my God. Okay, I can actually answer this question for you. It is so flipping cool. It said it says Refinery29, but it's a hula-hooping act, but it's all like crazy Mexicali-looking um, like hula-hooping, and it just looks really, really cool. Uh, it's hilarious. It's basically my life um, if I was... Mexican, um, <laughs> this would be my life.
0: Fantastic. Well, for everybody listening, you can definitely, I mean, we were gonna we are gonna put all over the links for your Facebook page. They can go check that out like that. Um, you can also go to get all the links from everything that we've kind of been talking about, including her projects and everything like that. You can go to burlesque slash leopard, and that's gonna have all of like the links. That's our show notes page, kind of a recap of what we're talking about and everything that you could want, including some of these amazing videos and the links to go check her out. So, speaking of that, you mentioned Facebook. Is that kind of the best way to kind of keep up? Up with you and get in contact with you or what else yeah, what else do you have going on time, do you have that website Facebook, up yet
1: no <laughs> okay that's all
0: right that's all right uh, when no, you but, do you let me know
1: <laughs> yeah definitely Facebook at the moment is the best way to go although I am easily don't tell everyone but I am so easy to access it's not funny um <laughs> so like Twitter and then also Instagram and like I said I rarely sleep so you can message me at 4 a.m your time and I will answer in my time
0: oh wow look yeah. at you She is always ready. All right.
1: (laughs) spit on it and get ready to go. Let's go.
0: Yeah. So you're going to be updating your Facebook kind of as the best place, you know, as far as all these new shows that are coming up?
1: Yes. And yeah, there'll be a webpage coming up for the sideshow tour. So we'll have our dates and the Google maps of where you can come and see us as we tour the U S you can totally follow the entire troop of us because that's, you know, what we're doing.
0: Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, I mean, you can keep me updated on that, on all those links. And then as soon as I get them, I will add them to um, the show notes, which I mentioned for dot com slash leopard. And so if you're listening to this episode kind of in the future (laughs) for (laughs) us in the future, future. you can always check that out. And maybe there will be even more links to other things that don't even exist yet. I know.
1: I (laughs) might.
0: Head gone. Oh, it's craziness well I this has been an amazing conversation it's been really interesting to get to know you and to hear everything is there anything else you kind of want to like
1: share or talk about with our audience no I think we cool I really I think, think we, did we a lot. I think we, we covered a, a lot shit. of things
0: you really did you really. really did <laughs> All right. Well, definitely, everybody tune in on um, later this week. I'll try to get up on Thursday. As some of you know, I am giving myself a little bit more leeway, being kind with myself. I was getting a little stressed out getting my second episode up every week on, on Thursdays. So I'm being a little kinder with myself. You'll get it somewhere between thursday and sunday (laughs) kind of in that range somewhere but it's going to be a special hot tips episode with our very own leopard lass we're going to be chatting about a couple of her favorite tips and getting a going kind of diving a little bit deeper into that so definitely check that out come back next week and as i always ask um definitely check out the um the show notes for this as i mentioned burlesquedrippedown.com slash leopard um you can also share this episode with your friends please help us kind of get the word out um you can send me an email, velvet at burlesquestrippedown I am dying to know what you think of the podcast, how you think it's going so far, and what you could, what you see um, would help you out a little bit more. What would, uh, what you'd like to see different or anything like that? I am happy to hear any feedback. There's always also the voicemail, uh, which is pretty cool on burlesquestripdown.com On the very right hand side of any of our pages, you can click "Leave Me a Message" and do a little, a little recording of your beautiful, shiny, sexy little voice. I would love to hear it. And as always, if you're listening on iTunes, a rating and review is also greatly appreciated so that I know I'm not just talking into the void. <laughs> there yeah, are actually the people. Well, sweet. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much, Leopard Lass, for being with us today. Um, it's been really amazing.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This has been so – I can't believe we like how long we talked for. I thought, oh, God, I'm so boring. Mm. We're not going to talk for longer than half an hour, but yes. Yeah. Stop! No,
0: I could. I, we. I think we could have lasted another couple hours too. Really, we probably could <laughs> but, have. <laughs> but we will go ahead and sign off now. Thank you again, everyone, so much for listening. We will catch you again soon. And until then, make sure that you stay sexy. Bye.